you know, the government is saying, look, we are just not in the business of taking care of people forever. We will help you temporarily, but really, you know, it's your life, it's your choice. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. Welcome into another edition of Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with John and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And the Secure Act 2.0 is on the docket today to discuss uh, as it just went through at the very, very, very end of 2022. Uh, they had that tucked in there in that omnibus bill as well. So we're going to get into that with John, who is a certified financial planner and president at Epiphany Capital. And of course, as always, if you need some help, you got some questions about something you hear and you're not already working with John, reach out to him, johnchoy.net. Of course, even if you are working with him, if you've got some questions, reach out to him. But johnchoy.net is how you find him online. And that's John johnchoy.net. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. Just coming off the uh, Christmas holidays and um, ready to get back into the swing of things. That's right. That's right. Well, they they uh, they worked a little bit uh, right there at Christmas. Congress did. And as I mentioned, they tucked this thing into the omnibus that passed on the Friday, I believe, uh, the 23rd. So in that, and they've been kicking this around, John, now for, I don't know, what, 12, 18 months, but uh, Secure Act 2.0 and there's some significant and interesting changes. Uh, I don't know. We're you know we're not going to get this like super deep dive, but we'll definitely get into some of the the cursory stuff that people certainly need to know and talk about that a little bit. But uh, what's your take on it? For the most part, I think it benefits um, everyone here in America. If you'll recall, the biggest change is the uh, required minimum distribution age. Right. And they've uh, pushed that down. Done it again, uh, right? right? Yeah, I mean, if you recall, before the Secure Act 1.0, we'll call it, mm-hmm. you know, the RMD age was 70 and a half. Right. Um, and then that got changed to 72, and people were really liking that. And so in the 2.0 version, which is the current version, they have done a increase in that RMD age. And starting this year in 2023, they have increased that age to 73. That is your new RMD age, 73. Gotcha. So, yeah. And so the other thing is that you'll have to remember in 10 years, the RMD age will move to 75 as well. So they've kind of staggered this out. So 75 is is really great. You like that as a planner? Yeah, because, you know, one of the biggest complaints that I get from folks that are in their 70s is they say, man, I really, these RMDs, I don't need them. They're killing my taxes. They're right. they're pushing me into, you know, Irma taxes on my Medicare, and I, I just don't need the money. And so that was one of their biggest regrets is that they didn't convert some of their IRA money into into Roths or, or other tax-free vehicles. Right. And now they've got a little bit more of a reprieve on that. And if you think about the, the how would I say, the longevity or the um, age at which we're expected to, to pass away, 
our life expectancy is probably right around 76, 77. So yeah, I, th- I think it's, it, it's good that they've, they've pushed that out and so that we don't have to take all these years of RMDs. So. Yeah, it gives you some planning opportunities, certainly. And, and some might say, well, some of the stuff in here is designed to help with tax revenue, but it's also, you think, well, this helps those you know, accounts delay. But the good side, to your point, is if you're interested in doing Roth conversions, it gives you more time to do so. Uh, and that might still be a benefit. And that's another part of the conversation, which I guess we can kind of go ahead and roll into that. So again, those key pieces is uh, it's moved to 73 for RMD starting uh, this year in 23. And in 10 years, uh, it'll move to 75. So uh, that's know, right. For, for us, for you and I, John, we'll be 75 for us. That'll, <laughs> right. be, that'll be where we fall. Right. Um, We're young bucks. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, RMDs and Roth 401ks. So they've made some changes here. So let's talk a little bit about those, some of the uh, different incentives and things. And there's some nice, uh, some nice little touches here. Yeah. So before the Secure Act 2.0, and this was really weird, even from the beginning, is that as you, uh, as you probably know, in a Roth IRA, there were no required minimum distributions. Right. But if you had a Roth 401k, which most people roll into an, a Roth IRA, but if you had a Roth 401k previously, you had to take distributions. You had to take those RMDs. Now they did away with that. And that's so, interesting. And because that, that's a newer animal too, right? Many companies are just now starting to offer the Roth 401k to their employees. So that's nice. Yeah, and so you know you don't have to roll it over to a Roth IRA to mm-hmm. avoid the required minimum distributions, the RMDs. Right. Um, so it, it's an option. I don't think it was a, a huge thing because, like I said, most people did roll over their Roth 401ks to their Roth IRAs. But for the few folks that didn't do it, it's a non-issue now. Maybe it eliminates some more paperwork, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some of the financial incentives to the 401k. Uh, what's some of the, uh, there's usually, you know, increases and things of that nature, like, uh, con- you know, catch up contributions, so on and so forth. I know they did some tinkering around in there too, but let's talk about some of those uh, financial in- uh, incentives. Yeah. So now uh, if you join a company, you are automatically enrolled in a 401k or a 403b. Uh, you have to actually opt out of it. That kind of takes the decision uh, out of your hands, so mm-hmm. to speak you're automatically enrolled. And I think that's a good thing because there's a lot of inertia to go ahead and fill out the paperwork, to go ahead and and um, go into your company 401k. They've eliminated that. And I like that. That's for savings. Yeah. And, and it's right there it just, in the title of the act, right? The setting every community up for retirement enhancement. They, they want <laughs> yeah. people to... I think the message on both of these, John, has been like, you need to start self-funding for retirement because it's just the way things are going, right? So. Yeah, because you know the government doesn't want to take care of you. They 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 don't have the money to. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know, with with the fiscal condition of our country, um, I think they are pushing more and more fiscal responsibility back to the consumers, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. Um, you know, the government is saying, "Look, we are just not in the business of taking care of people forever. We will help you." temporarily, but really, you know, it's your life, it's your choice. Which is interesting because if you think about it, that's what companies had to do a number of years ago when pensions started going away, right? 
They started saying, right. you know, we, we can't afford to do this. We can't afford to take care of you, even though you've worked here 30, 25, 30 years. Uh, and there's still obviously some pensions, but not nearly as prominent as it was, you know, 30 years Man, ago. Man, yeah. I don't see a lot of companies offering pensions anymore. Yeah. Um, there are still some on the books, but for the newer employees, you know, they just don't have these it's it's not even a, an option for you. You're right. just going into a defined contribution plan like a four hundred one k or a four hundred three b. So, well, some of this stuff again, it's all staggered. There's definitely different dates in there, as we mentioned already with the RMDs. Uh, I believe this automatic enrollment you referred to that doesn't start till twenty twenty five as well. So, I think they've got a couple of years to get that smoothed out. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's in the beginning of twenty twenty five. But you know, a lot of a lot of companies, they've kind of done that on their own. They said, hey, you can opt out, but we're opting you in unless you, yeah. you say, I- I'm out. Okay. And I, I like that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a good idea, too. So let's talk about the catch-up contributions. I mentioned that a second ago. Uh, the, the limits get raised every year, just about every year anyway. So let's talk about what they are now, what catch-up contributions are, what it means, and this new little caveat, that they, this wrinkle they put in there as well. So for this year, 2023, um, you can. It went from twenty thousand five hundred to twenty two thousand five hundred dollars that you can put away into your four hundred one k. That's the maximum that you can put in. Now, that's not the maximum that can go in. It's the maximum that you can put in. It's called a uh, elective deferral, mm-hmm. and that's what comes out of your paycheck. Now, if you're fifty or older, the government has always said you can add in additional. Amounts. Last year was sixty five hundred. This year it's seventy five hundred dollars. So that's what thirty you, grand, right? Yeah, that's thirty grand of your money that you can put in. And obviously, uh, a lot of companies have matching contributions. Right. So it'll probably be more than that if you max it out. And uh, you know, in twenty twenty five, the amounts are going to be going up a lot higher to the greater of ten thousand dollars or fifty percent more than your regular catch-up amount if you're 60, 61, 62, or 63 years old. So uh, an additional bump up, if you will, on the ca- on the catch-up contributions. Well, so let's think about this for a second, John. Uh, we'll just kind of do some base numbers. But if you're 50, right, you're, you're right. turning 50, uh, and you know maybe the kids are off payroll, you're making the most money you've ever made. And this is the whole point, right? For folks who feel like they're behind a little bit, maybe in their retirement planning, let's say you've got that 30000 we just talked about. You can put 30000 away. From 50 to 60, that's a nice chunk of change, right? That's 10 years. That's right. a heck of an... Uh, you know, addition to your retirement account. And then for another three-year period or four-year period, I guess 60 to 63, you can add an additional amount in there as well. So again, the message is clearly, we're trying to make this easy for you. If you've got the funds, start saving. Absolutely. And let me make one point clear. Please. The kids are never. (laughs) This is true. I've learned that from my lesser on the payroll. How's that? They said they are never off the payroll, so don't don't kid yourself. Okay, all right, reduced from on the payroll. They took yes. they took a pay cut. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So, do you like this uh, this uh, addition as well? This catch up uh, boost. Do you think these are you know beneficial for people? Of course. I mean, I'm a guy that that likes options. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to. You don't have to make the catch-up contribution. Sure, if you're not. Now you you have the option to, though. Yeah, exactly. And the more money you put away, I mean, the number one determinant of how much money you'll have uh, is not, it's not market performance. It's how much you save. Yeah. 
Yeah. So good point. So let's talk about some interesting things. Uh, some of the advisors I talk with did not see this coming. Uh, some did, but they made some interesting additions to the student loan conversations and 401ks and also the 529s uh, and how that works. And I guess it's all kind of tied to, you know, your students, if you will. Yeah. So under the Secure Act uh, 2.0, your employer can make a matching contribution to your retirement plan account Mm -hmm. based on your student loan payment amount. So this is designed to address the fact that high student loan debt can keep people from saving for retirement. And that's going to be effective in, in 2024. You can also, and this is, it's got different restrictions, uh, income limitations, so on and so forth. But any of these unused 529 funds, you can roll that into a Roth IRA, which is incredible. It's a, yeah, it's um, a great option because if you were pumping money into a 529 for your kid, and I, how many might not have used it for college or they didn't use it all, your right. choices before, right, were to take it out, pay the taxes, so on and so forth. But now you could roll it over. Again, that I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a gift from... From the, the tax uh, from heavens above, <laughs> <laughs> so that that that's awesome. Um, so yeah, take that gift. I, I would say yeah, and I think the the student loan one's interesting because we you know obviously it's a hot debate issue about you know to you know cancel them or you know the government bailing people out or whatever. This seems like an interesting little okay. We're gonna do this at least in case some other things don't go the way we want them to. Uh, and so if you think about it from that standpoint, you've got your first job, or maybe if this is your kids you're talking about, and they've got high student debt, um, and they can't afford to put money in a retirement account and make the payment. If they make the payment to the student loan, the company has the option to, to match that money and throw that in. So at least it's something. So I think that's a nice win. I think it, it kind of maybe appeases both sides of that, that conversation piece. Yeah, I mean it's, and I'm glad the government's not kicking in because then it's a tax on the on the people. Right, it's, exactly. It, it's yeah. it's the company. So yeah. let's make that clear. It's the company that's that's matching that contribution for your student loan payment amount. So okay, yeah. So a lot of good stuff in here, I think, John. Overall, uh, do you think there's some positives? That this is more positive than negative. I know, like with the first Secure Act, the big gripe from a lot of financial uh, planners was the removal of the stretch IRA. Right. That was kind of a frustrating point for people, uh, changing that a little bit. Any big negatives here or mostly positives? Well, let's talk about that stretch IRA sure. real quick. So for spouses, it didn't really change, right? Uh, it, Correct. It changed for the kids. Now, let's be real here. How many kids are going to stretch that payment out over their lifetime? Mm. Not many. Yeah. I mean, in reality, they're just going to take the money and, and run. Yeah. They're going to pay the tax. They think of it as found money, right? They say, well, I don't care if it's 100000 or or 70000 I It's just found money. So do I want to get $2,000 a year or $5,000 a year? Or do I want to pay the tax and get $70,000 uh, into my hands today yeah true yeah you know they're they're gonna do and i think that was the point right is the government says hey this is a way for us to generate some tax revenue faster yeah yeah yeah. and and you got to remember i I just came across a situation the stretch ira is still available if you uh leave it to somebody that's not less than 10 years younger than you so that could be your significant other Mm -hmm. domestic partner a friend they can stretch that out too. So mm, good point. Yeah, yeah. So overall, mostly positives with the Secure Act 2.0. I love it. 
Yeah. It, okay. it's, it's like I said, it benefits um, uh, all Americans here. I don't see any real negatives to it. So, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Very positive. Well, there's definitely going to be more to come because, you know, like we said, they, they put this through at the last second. There's a lot of things that d- are delayed before they start. So sure. I'm sure, as always, they'll make some tweaks along the way, and we'll keep you aware of those. But if, as always, if you have questions, if you need help, uh, if you're curious, if you're turning – and, John, I think this is if you if you were turning 72, obviously, in the next couple of months and you were planning to do your RMD, you now have that reprieve. You don't have to do that, Correct because it's that you can yeah. wait. So. Yeah, that's great. Okay. All right, so double, double check. Make sure you have those conversation, folks, with uh, your financial planner. If you need some help, that's what John's here for. And you can find him again online at johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever podcasting platform app you like. It's Middle Class Millionaire. Just type that in the search box, and we'll see you next time here on the program. Thanks for your time. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.